Dear listeners, you are tuned in to WOWD 94.3 FM, and this is Interfaith-ish. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and every other Wednesday, one hour at a time, right here on Tacoma Radio, we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common ground and differences between our traditions. I'm joined in the studio this week by my fellow interfaith astronaut Sue Katzmiller. Good morning to you, Sue. Good morning, Jack. It's Pledge Week here at WOWD, so it's time to get into some fundraising-ish. Sue, I really have to thank you for introducing me to WOWD back in early 2017 and helping to lay the groundwork for what would become Interfaith-ish. Can you tell our dear listeners about what this station means to you? Jack, I am so grateful to be a partial co-host of Interfaith-ish. And I'm also grateful to be part of the visionary WOWD project, which is brought to you by a collective of people of many ages, races, cultures, and religions. But I'm also a sustaining member of WOWD. That means I contribute every month, and every month I get a receipt, an email, and it makes me feel good when I see that email because it reminds me that I'm supporting independent journalism, interfaith conversations, world music, and a sense of community. So I'm asking our listeners to join me as a sustaining member now by calling 240-696-4200, and you can speak directly to Olivia, or give online at tacomaradio.org. And this is a time when we need community more than ever. So please invest in the precious community that we've built together here. That's right. And I want to thank our dear listeners who have already called or messaged us with our pledges. Thanks so much to Sarah in Northeast, to Cy in Northwest, to Richard in Pennsylvania, Gretchen in Colorado. I have an interfaith air horn for all of you, dear listeners. Here we go. That's right, our official interfaith-ish air horn thanking all of our <laughs> participants in this pledge drive. We're starting off the morning with a lot of love and support, and I'm grateful to our community, not only just here in the broadcast range of WOWD, in Tacoma Park, in Northwest D.C., in Northeast D.C., in PG County, in Montgomery County, but also all around the country. So new listeners for, to our show um, may not know about our uh, secret origins. So let's go back to the <laughs> beginning and reintroduce ourselves a little bit and how this show came about. So tell us a little bit about why interfaith cooperation is an important part of your life. So I'm an interfaith kid. Right. I, I have a Jewish parent and a Christian parent. And I think because I see the world through that interfaith family lens, I've always been drawn to building bridges between religions to interfaith literacy. And we live in a community that has tremendous religious diversity here. And that's important to me, especially this week when I'm experience, experiencing the support and the embrace of people of all religions in the wake of the Squirrel Hill tragedy. Um, that warmth is something that I think we showcase on this show. Mm. And so that's another reason this show is so important to me. Yeah. 
Well, like you, I'm also a product of an interfaith household, an interfaith family with three major traditions, actually, Jewish, Christian, and Baha'i. And so I definitely value the opportunity to build understanding, starting right in our own homes. And when I moved to D.C. a little over 10 years ago, I quickly found a home doing interfaith organizing as well, and it brought so much light and inspiration to my life. Um, there's so much beautiful diversity and variety here in the D.C. area. So for a guy like me who's got an insatiable curiosity about people and what makes them tick, I just loved soaking it all up. You know, when the idea came for us to do this show, it was really coming out of an experience of meeting so many amazing people in the area, so many friends and neighbors, and wanting an excuse to hang out with them and introduce them to each other. And so we found a a place where I could do that, interf interview folks as we do every other week here on Tacoma Radio. Um, but it's also a place to, you know, hang back and listen to the questions that they would ask one another, questions that I myself, you know, would never even think to ask. And that's been such a beauty of this show as well. It's more than really just an interview. The show itself is a venue to introduce neighbors and encourage collaboration. Exactly. You know, I was at the very first WOWD meeting mm. uh, on Marika Partridge's porch when she was still kind of dreaming up this station. And the intent for Tacoma Radio was always to engage the full diversity of the community in terms of ages and races and cultures and languages. And we've done that with this station. And I think interfaith-ish is a key component because we showcase that religious diversity in our community. Right. But showcase isn't really the right metaphor because it's not just displaying diversity as like static individual objects on a shelf. Hmm. It's letting the people engage with each other in a way that's both intimate in this warm little studio, but also accessible on air to anyone around the country or the world because you can stream this show live at TacomaRadio.org, um, and you can also listen to previous episodes in our archives. That's right. That's yep. right. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Interfaith-ish on WOWD 94.3 FM. So we launched Interfaith-ish approximately seven months ago, uh, appropriately enough on the first day of spring. It was March 21st. And uh, so the whole spirit of this uh, program has been one of blossoming and growing and now that we're in the fall, we're getting into the colder months, we want to keep that evergreen energy and our fundraising drive that we are in the midst of now, we're happy to report, is almost up to $25,000. And you can be the nice, ones to nice, take nice. us over that next benchmark. So donate today at TacomaRadio.org or call us at 240-696-4200 and we can thank you on the air. So like I mentioned, one of the things that I'm most proud of of Interfaith-ish is that we, we introduce our listeners to traditions that they might not be familiar with, but we also encourage our guests to understand each other better. Uh, back in April, we had Gretchen Ryden, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. People might know them better as the Mormons. And Megan Mulvena of the group Brahma Kumaris, which has its origins in India. And uh, Gretchen uh, had mentioned that there were plans in the works for a new Mormon temple in India, and Megan was curious to learn more about that. So let's listen to a little clip from, from that conversation hmm. uh, back in the spring. 
actually, when you were sharing earlier, and it seems like something that both traditions really have in common is this really global um, emphasis and global impact and global growth. Um, and just how that ties into when we talk about human rights, I mean, I think it's easy in America to focus sort of on how the world is coming here or how we are responding to the world, but to think that geographically how um, the stories of humanity are just constantly unfolding. And what struck me is to hear about the temple being built in India mm -hmm. and knowing that the Brahma Kumaris is rooted in India. What are some, do you have any knowledge of sort of how the tradition is spreading there or what, what do you think some of the, the present-day issues in India, how is that impacting people um, to become or to, to practice um, with, with the LDS community there? Well, we have thousands of missionaries abroad. Listeners, you've probably seen them on their bikes or they've knocked on your door uh, or you've been to New York and you've seen the, the musical, which is very satirical. Um, is it, are you saying that's a mission-led project? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not, uh, although I will say that, you know, uh, any press is good press. And I think uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints actually advertised in the program bill for the Book of Mormon because, you know, even again, very satirical. Uh, but there are, it also raised a lot of questions for people about what mm -hmm. is this religion and who are these mm -hmm. strange young men and, and now young women who serve. And of course, with missionary service, it's young men who are 18 um, and then young women now who are um, 19 mm -hmm. go and serve for two years. Um, in India in particular, those missions, they were not proselytory missions, which means people did not knock on doors uh, to, to proselytize. They were actually service missions. And so mm -hmm. they started out doing mostly humanitarian work. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you know, as we've talked a lot of today, service and community activity, I think, does convert in a way because mm -hmm. we unite through these themes of serving one another and just recognizing you're human mm -hmm. and we share this mm -hmm. and I just want to help you reach your f full potential and that gets individuals start who start asking questions and now there's I think something like maybe 10,000 please don't quote me on this mm -hmm. uh, members in India and uh, so yeah, we're really excited to have wow. a, a temple there and to be able to acknowledge those members who are uh, you know, working and believe in this in this faith and have a place to worship because yeah. it is hard globally to be able to we, Temple worship should be as often as possible. Mm -hmm. It's not something you just do yearly I think um, economically for some people it is because of the way the location is That's why there's an emphasis on for us building more temples mm -hmm. and our temples are now smaller mm -hmm. um, Which enables them to be in more locations mm. Wow, I'd love to see the two connect actually in India um, you know, have them visit the Brahma Kumaris and have somebody from the Brahma Kumaris visit the temple there. I'm just, I think we could arrange that. <laughs> we probably could. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that excerpt uh, just really exemplifies what I love about our show. People getting to know each other, about each other's traditions, finding common points of interest and saying just like Gretchen and Megan did, let's figure out a way to build bridges between our communities. You know, so it's, it's more than a one-off, a nice to meet you. Uh, and we go our separate ways, we actually have the opportunity to deepen uh, those relationships. Absolutely. And Jack, I just want to pay tribute to what you've done to bring most of the guests onto this show, your work as an interfaith activist and interfaith engagement professional, 
has really benefited us in terms of your ability to bring such a diversity of people from our local community into the studio and get them in these one-on-one conversations. Well, you know, there's so many wonderful leaders and and mentors that I've been able to meet uh, through this work. Like I said, when I moved to D.C., I was just bowled over by by the incredible diversity that's here and the resources, you know, and so much... um, opportunity to learn from the people that have uh, gone before us. Um, one of those people who uh, who I met quickly uh, into this work was Reverend Dr. Clark Lobenstein, um, who is, uh, he un- unfortunately passed away just recently in the last couple of weeks, but uh, earlier this week we had a wonderful celebration of his life up in Silver Spring at the Silver Spring Presbyterian Church, and there was a, a beautiful gathering of people. It was a beautiful day, just like today, and uh, the light was streaming in the windows, and there was so much light in that room with people sharing stories about about his life. Um, and uh, and I really felt moved that you know these these are these are as as we say the 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 giants on whose shoulders we stand. And and Clark was was definitely somebody like that uh, for me. Um, and I'm really happy that we'll be able to in our in our next episode um, on on November 14th celebrate uh, his life and and hear some of those stories and reflections about the work that that he did starting uh, the pivotal uh, interfaith conference of Metropolitan Washington um, and the IFC is you know just one of those organizations that's doing this uh, this great work and has been doing it now for generations. For me, what's important in dark times, which we are experiencing, especially this week, is that interfaith education and religious literacy benefit all of us. You know, whether you're an atheist, whether you're an agnostic, no matter what your personal identity is, learning about the religions and cultures that surround us in our neighborhood, in our geography is so important. And this show is contributing to that. And and I'll say that, you know, as a, 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 a one example for me is our fellow interfaith astronaut Miranda Hovmeyer, who herself is a, uh, identifies as, as a secular humanist and is one of the foremost uh, stalwart um, uh, collaborators and enthusiasts for, for interfaith work. So she's not in the studio with us today, but uh, we're sending love and saying that we, we love her and miss her here in the studio um, and, uh, and that we couldn't have done it without her as well, getting the show up and running. There's so many people that, um, that make this show great, and, and Miranda is really chief among them. Um, and one of the people that, uh, that actually we, we just listened to in that clip from, from the spring, uh, Megan Mulvena actually called in from Silver Spring um, and, uh, and we appreciate her uh, support and, and uh, giving us uh, a contribution to keep our show going so we can have many other terrific guests. So we have a interfaith air horn for Megan. <laughs> Love you, Megan. Thank you so much. We have another one, Jessica. Uh, called in with her support for Interfaith-ish. So we thank you, Jessica, and give you an Interfaith air horn as well. That's right. We love all of our supporters here on Interfaith-ish. If you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish on WOWD 94.3 FM. Uh, As you may know, dear listeners, Interfaith-ish is archived as, as a podcast as well. And I want to share a couple of our reviews on iTunes. Dina 
calls interfaith-ish an easy listen with thought-provoking content. So thank you, Dina. We really appreciate your uh, feedback. And Damel says, thank you for opening our minds and hearts and for making this world a more understanding place. Nice. Thank, thank you to Damel. I think he really gets the, the spirit of what we're trying to do here. We also got an email from a friend of mine, Peter, a listener in Ohio, who says, nice job. I appreciate the needed and benevolent work that you and your colleagues are doing. So thank you to, to Peter, who himself is, is a uh, enthusiastic supporter for interfaith work on many levels. Much appreciated. Uh, Peter also asked a while back if uh, we would include more Desi and Asian brethren in our uh, conversation. And I want to just say to stay tuned for our next episode uh, where we will have Dr. Siva Subramanian of the Hindu Jain Temple Association uh, joining us. And of course, uh, two episodes ago, we had Bhai Gadarshan Singh, a leader of the Sikh community in Rockville, Maryland, in conversation, uh, in a conversation led by Sue, um, who is right here in the studio with me today. Uh, that was a great episode. Sue, do you have any uh, reflections on that? Yeah, you know, none of us can be an expert in every religion. And on every episode, I learn things. And in that episode, I learned a lot uh, about both the Sikh tradition and the Baha'i tradition. And it was a privilege to witness my guests learning from and about each other in this very gentle, beautiful way. Yeah, it was a beautiful show. I hope people will go back. Uh, you can listen to it on the show archives on TacomaRadio.org, or you can uh, find us, uh, like I said, uh, as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, um, any of the platforms, really. So thanks to everyone who has uh, rated and reviewed our show and sent in emails. We want to keep those suggestions coming on folks that you'd like to hear on the show or traditions, perspectives, um, specific uh, leaders in the community that, that you would recommend. Uh, you can write us at interfaithish at gmail.com or send a message via social media. We're on all the major platforms at interfaithish. Um, Sue, speaking of broadening our horizons, uh, you asked me recently what would be a good example of music in the Baha'i tradition. And since I know you're a fan of Portuguese, I brought a selection from a terrific Baha'i musician named Eric Harper, who I believe now lives in Canada, but uh, grew up at least for a part of his life in Portugal. He's an amazing flamenco guitarist, and I wanted to, to share this uh, specifically for you. It's his version in Portuguese of a piece of a Baha'i prayer for the sick, which reads, Thy name is my healing, O my God, and remembrance of thee is my remedy. Nearness to thee is my hope, and love for thee is my companion. Nice. This is Eric Harper with Kura on WOWD 94.3 FM, Tacoma Radio. <laughs>
Interfaith-ish, our bi-weekly show on WOWD 94.3 FM, where we discuss the common ground and differences between our traditions. Here, we're going to play you a clip from Episode 8, in which Ethiopian-American community leader Tababu Asefa, co-founder of Blessed Coffee, gets to ask Unitarian Minister Carl Gregg about Unitarians and how they come together as a community. So here's a little flashback from our episode eight show. I do. As I was listening to your intro, I was fascinated by the many diverse spiritual perspectives coming together to create a space where they can share their common spiritual existence. That's very fascinating. So how do, at the end, the, the diverse people in your congregation on a human level, how do they transact? What happens? I mean, that's fasc- that's fascinating for me. It's not what you practice, what you do at the end, mm-hmm. not not the not the the form, the essence of your practice. Mm-hmm. So, on the human level, uh, would they do they break bread bef- after after church? Do they do they connect w- with one another in their regular lives? Do they share their dreams? What happens after that? Diverse people coming to your space mm-hmm. and and ex- uh, sharing that. Uh, 
Sure. No, good question. I mean, uh, speaking of coffee, we have coffee hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is, is sacramental in yeah. its own way at a UU congregation. So we have tea as well, you know, water, whatever you're into. But, but that, that is a time that we invite. One of the ways I frame it for people is, you know, we invite you to linger if you're able and we can get to know each other a little better, to, to share about what did get you here, what, what does keep you coming back. And that one of the things I frame regularly for the leadership of my congregation is that you know we're we have to be better, better than brunch we have to be better than staying in your pajamas and reading the new york times you know or watching the sunday shows or sleeping in and all of those are really great things and so i think that the reason what people do find and and the three kind of keywords for us for our congregation are spirituality community and justice wonderful and so i think that that's what brings people together is to have that kind of direct spiritual experience to build this diverse beloved community that the sense that we don't have to do it alone you know uh, you spoke a little bit earlier about this we're, we're in some hard times in our country right now for progressive open-minded open-hearted people and I think coming together in a diverse, open-minded, progressive community reminds people that we don't have to do it alone. We're, we're stronger together and, and, that to, and that working for justice, that we can uh, augment each other's voices and, and amplify and that much more is possible together than we could ever do alone. I love that conversation. Just before that clip, Tababu had been describing the Ethiopian coffee ceremony and how Christians and Muslims will do it together. Mm. And then, you know, Reverend Carl ends up talking about the importance of coffee to Unitarians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and so many of us, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and after that, it actually ended up with, um, you know, Reverend Carl inviting Tababu to come up to Frederick, where he's oh, the minister wow, yeah. of the Unitarian Universalist That's congregation great. in Frederick. And, you know, have a coffee Ethiopian coffee ceremony for his Unitarian congregation. Mm. So those are the kinds of community, you know, happenings that we're contributing to through this show. Yeah, and it was a good reminder too. You know, obviously, um, Carl Gregg is a, is a has a has a clergy position in the in the Unitarian uh, community, um, but uh, your friend Tababu is is an entrepreneur here here in the local community and was was uh, a, a welcome guest on our show um not necessarily as a religious figure but because of the experience that he had and and the um the light that he could shine for us on the um the diverse cultural expressions and religious expressions of Ethiopia of, of the country of his birth so it was it was such a beautiful moment for me to 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 see two leaders in very different circles mm. um, share a conversation, um, educate one another, educate the, our listeners, and, uh, and be able to, to really bring a, a perspective that um, maybe we have a sense of, you know, a lot of us are, are familiar maybe with, with Unitarians or we, you know, living in this area have friends that are, that are Ethiopian or Ethiopian-American. We eat at Ethiopian restaurants. That's right. We're yeah, all the time. Right. But we don't necessarily have any deeper understanding of the religious diversity in Ethiopia. And Tababu was able to describe that for us. Right, right. And, and yeah. it's, it's about asking those, those bold questions, saying, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to learn more about this. I'm, I'm coming at it in a humble manner because I realize that I'm, I'm 
ignorant or I may be misinformed or what have you. But but I I'm I'm eager to learn more, and that and that friendship and that that love I think will will come through, um, and and hopefully we'll we'll better understand each other. Yeah, unfortunately, there is a kind of a taboo um, about talking about religion mm. in our culture, and that is contributing to ignorance. Right. And ignorance contributes to intolerance and, in some cases, violence. So this is piecework that we're doing here. That's right. And if you value the kind of unique programming that Interfaith-ish brings to you, we're asking you to make a donation to WOWD today. If you subscribe as a sustaining member, you can get a WOWD T-shirt. Nice. They come in black or heather. And I saw two members of the Afro-funk band Chop Teeth cool. wearing their Wowdy t-shirts on stage recently. Oh, very cool, very cool. That is how cool these t-shirts are. Nice. So you're going to want one. Call us now at 240-696-4200 or subscribe online at tacomaradio.org. And we've been hearing the, the phones ringing all morning, so we appreciate that. If you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish on WOWD. 94.3 FM. We got uh, Kyla from D.C. calling in to give monthly. Thank Yay. you so much to Kyla, who says that the show is super inspiring and thanks us for contributing to the community in this way. And we thank you for contributing to our community in this way as well. Uh, we have uh, Reverend Aaron Jenkins, who called in, saying to keep up the good work and that he needs our voice on the air. Nice. Thank you. And we need your support as well. Um, earlier, before the show started, uh, Reverend Eric Martinez Wesley of the Sanctuaries um, made a pledge, and my dear brother Derek Weston Brown, who many of you know from his many years as poet in residence at Busboys and Poets, Derek pledged as well. So nice. thank you to all of those folks that uh, I just listed, Kyla and AJ and Rev and Derek. Um, all of you for for making your contributions a uh, interfaith air horn for all of you that's right that's right it's proof that um, that we appeal to both pastors and poets and we're bringing together conversation about belief and spirituality arts and activism it's all in the mix together uh, and speaking of the arts sue i think you've got a a song for us as well is that right I do. You know, I come back to this song so often. It's like my personal theme song when I'm on the show, I think. Um, this song was written for a peace rally in New York City immediately after 9-11, and it feels just as appropriate this week in the wake of another deadly tragedy as mm. it did then. Um, and it's by Emma's Revolution. Local favorites. Local favorites. Um, they used to live in the area, and they are still uh, often coming back to perform here. Catch them whenever you can. And for me, it, this song represents the connection between the spiritual and the political in this time of what I think of as co-resistance. Mm -hmm. Peace, salam, shalom. Peace. Shalom, peace, salam, shalom. 
Emma's Revolution on WOWD 94.3 FM. Uh, we strive to bring the world into the studio with us. And the appeal of Interfaith-ish on WWD is worldwide as well. We've received feedback from South Africa and Egypt and Vancouver, from folks who appreciate what we're doing on Interfaith-ish and are encouraging us to keep going. Back in June, we were fortunate to have my dear friend Naz Khan, who was visiting from Egypt at the time, uh, and she shared some reflections on the religious diversity of Egypt. So let's have a listen to uh, a little excerpt from that conversation. I was really blessed to be able to connect with, um, you know, the, the few remaining members of the Jewish community, including um, this woman, Magda Harun, who I think is now part of the, or head of the Jewish community of mm -hmm. Cairo. And one thing that really struck me when I interviewed her one time um, was this idea that the, you know, the Jewish community is really connected all the way up to pharaonic times. And, you know, sometimes we think about, you know, that, that time as being very ancient and, and kind of of another era and chapter. But mm -hmm. um, what's incredible about the Egyptian Jewish community specifically is, you know, Egypt was the core of Judaism. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this was Moses's home, and this is really the, the, the heart, I believe, of a huge part of Judaism and Christianity. Um, and one thing that really struck me with this interview that I had with her is she, she said to me, you know, the pharaohs were such a huge part of Egyptian culture and history, and they were the epitome of what it meant to be Egyptian, and they thought they would never die out. And the, the Hebrews believed the same, that they're such a core part of what it means to be Egyptian. And yet here I am, and I'm, I'm the last one. Mm. And, you know, there was just something about that statement and, and hearing it from someone who was a descendant of, right. you know, and she's not speaking rhetorically because the Egyptian com Jewish community is is less than ten or something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a literal handful of people. At this yeah, point. and I think there's some um, reconnecting to the faith tradition with some of the younger generation. You know, there's ebbs and flows. I think the first time that I celebrated Passover was in Egypt wow. um, through an Egyptian friend of mine. So that was kind of my first exposure to to. Um, the story of Moses in that context. And, you know, we went to one of the synagogues there, uh, the Adli Synagogue. And um, it's a really unique synagogue because it's, it's built, it's designed to reflect the Egyptian history of um, uh, Judaism. So it has pharaonic elements to it, but it mm. also has Judaic elements to it. So it's a very unique synagogue. And that was where I went for the first Passover that I celebrated. And, you know, there were teenagers who were there on their phones. and They didn't want to be there. And, <laughs> you know, and so it's 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 a realization that, you know, communities everywhere are kind of the same. You have people who are super into it. Right. And, you know, you got the folks who just want to hang out with their friends. And, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I feel really blessed for having those doors open to me. And one of the pivotals that some of us may be familiar with from the Old Testament is of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, mm -hmm. and you actually recently went to Mount Sinai, yes. visited there. So tell us about, about that trip and that experience, because I'm sure people 
you know, would even when if they've read the story before, can't imagine that this is a place that you can actually go to yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I mean, Sinai is a, a very powerful place, um, and Mount Sinai in particular. So, in Arabic, people call it Jabal Musa, like the Mount of Musa. Um, Moses. The Moses, yes. <laughs> so it's in the town of St. Catharines, um, which is uh, kind of taken care of by the Jabalaya um, Bedouin tribe, and they trace their roots back to a mix of um, Arabs from Arabia and Egyptians from, you know, Egyptian mainland as well as uh, Greeks. So it's the Greek Orthodox Church that really kind of takes care of the monastery um, right at the base of Mount. Moses, um, and the Bedouin tribes practice Islam, and it's it's really interesting because this uh, particular monastery um, is also very explicitly protected by the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. There's like a um, treaty that was created to ha to give special protection to this area, mm. and so. Um, the people that I came across with also very much prided themselves on the fact that there's this really strong interfaith tradition of protection and love and care for being able to guide the pilgrims through this space. Um, and those pilgrims could be from any faith tradition. And in fact, I think there, there was someone who told me that if a Muslim couldn't make it to Mecca for pilgrimage, that um, going to uh, Mount Musa um, seven times, I think, if you did that, it would be the equivalent of going on um, a Hajj, a pilgrimage to Mecca. So there's oh. a very strong connection between the Muslim community um, in Sinai and and the community that's taking care of the, the Greek Orthodox monastery. If you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish on WOWD 94.3 FM. We were just listening to a clip from one of our past shows with guest, uh, terrific storyteller Nas Khan, and we're in the middle of our, our pledge week, and uh, we've had a couple of pledges that have come in. We have Chase from D.C., who calls Interfaith-ish a wonderful gift. Thank you so much, Chase. Kristen from New Jersey called in. She's another one who in, enjoys uh, Interfaith-ish, and um, I, I will betray that that's, that's my mom. So. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. So thanks, Mom, for that. <laughs> Appreciate your support and everything that I do. Um, we also just got a message here from Nazanin in Woodley Park, and she says that she's so appreciative of the Interfaithish program. Thank you for creating this place for very meaningful conversation, which, as we see, is needed now more than ever. Her favorite episode, Sue, was the one with the Sikh and the Baha'i uh, guests. She said she was so surprised and encouraged to hear of the similarities between these two uh, traditions, and she hopes that we would continue to learn how to dialogue with each other, to seek understanding between our spiritual paths, and to strive for true unity in our community. She says, thank you to Tacoma Radio and Interfaith-ish for creating these wonderful spaces for discourse and understanding. Nice. Yeah. We, you know, we talk about the similarities and we talk about the differences and they're both really important. Exactly. Exactly. It's Im important to, to talk about all the distinctions that we have and, and really find, find unity in, in appreciating those distinctions. So thank you to Chase. Thank you to Mom. Thank you to Nazanin. <laughs> Big uh, interfaith air horn for all three of you. All right. All right. 
Okay, so Interfaith this year, we're bringing people together. We're building community across lines of difference. We're telling inspiring stories of people working together. And, uh, you know, at the heart of it, I'm just really glad to be able to do it with friends like you, Sue, and our other interfaith-ish astronaut, Miranda Hovmeyer, who we're, again, sending lots of love to today. And here's a song that um, I hope Miranda will like. Um, this is Dar Williams, The Christians and the Pagans, on WOWD 94.3 FM. Called your uncle, said we we're up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice, now we need a place to stay. And her Christ-loving uncle watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes, all made with red dye number three. He told his niece it's Christmas Eve, I know our life is not just style. She said, Christmas is like solstice, and we miss you, and it's been a while. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses The food was great, the tree plucked in, the meal had gone without a hitch Till Timmy turned to Ember and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, the pies are burning. And she hit the kitchen. And it was Jane who spoke. She said, it's true, the cousin's not a Christian. But we love trees, we love the snow, the friends we have, the world we share. And you find magic from your God, and we find magic everywhere. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able Where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans, only pumpkin pies are burning Tried to do the dishes Her aunt said, really, no, don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber Looked like him and like her father He thought about his brother How they hadn't spoken in a year He thought he'd call him up And say it's Christmas and your daughter's here He thought of father's sons and brothers Saw his own son tug his sleeve Saying, can I be a pagan? Dad said, we'll discuss it when they leave so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able Lighting trees in darkness, learning Lewis from the old end Making sense of history and drawing warmth out of the Dar Williams here on WOWD 94.3 FM. I first heard that song from Dar Williams about 20 years ago when I was in college, and it's uh, kind of an interfaith anthem to me because it's all about acknowledging that we have differences, but not letting that stop us from sitting down together to break bread and ask questions and listen and learn. 
Uh, in that song, no one's trying to convert the other person or tell them how wrong they are. They're simply loving each other um, and meeting them at the at the place that they are. And there's a there's a wry humor about that song too, which we always appreciate here at Interfaithish. So whether you're a Christian or a pagan, we want you at our table. Call two four zero six nine six forty two hundred or donate online at TacomaRadio.org. Uh, Sue, before we, uh, we wrap up here, um, you've got some exciting events, I think, that are, that are coming up uh, that you'll be participating in, both here in the area and elsewhere. Can you tell our dear listeners about what you have planned? Sure. Um, you know, my work full-time is on interfaith families and on people with complex religious identities, people I call hashtag Gen Interfaith. And I'm going to be speaking about that in Toronto this week at the Parliament of the World's Religions, which is a gathering of 10,000 people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm going to be speaking at the American Academy of Religion, which is the august, venerable academic meeting of all the religious studies professors religion nerd prom yeah so it's that's a big honor because i'm not an academic and i'm excited (laughs) about that but most importantly for our local listeners on no i believe it's wednesday november 28th i'm going to be co-hosting an interfaith story slam cool right in downtown silver spring at the civic building and that's with Amber Kahn of WAMU's Interfaith Voices, another great interfaith radio show produced right. in this area. Shout so, out to them. So come on out and uh, tell a three to five minute story about your own interfaith identity. Awesome. Awesome. I, uh, I'm jealous that I won't be able to join you in Toronto or at AAR, but I'm definitely looking forward to being with you there in, in Silver Spring and hearing all the great stories that our our friends have before uh, we uh, we wrap up, I want to um, again thank all of our uh, friends that have called in this morning um, to support Tacoma Radio, to support WOWD here in your local community. We can't guarantee that your support for WOWD will get you into heaven, but it sure as hell can't hurt. <laughs> I also want to mention that our own Jeff Philosopher, uh, who provides all the great music for our show, he wrote in himself to make a, his donation yesterday a uh, definitely a big interfaith air horn for Jeff Philosopher. <laughs> Jeff already supports our show so much by providing our theme music, and he uh, had recently dropped a huge folder of new tracks for us to include in future episodes. And even still, Jeff wanted to contribute more and took the time to make a donation to Tacoma Radio. So thanks so much to you, Jeff. Love to you and your whole family. And that's, you know, that's what we find, Sue, in these interfaith community building circles. We find people who are so giving with their time and their energy, and yet they still say, what else can I do to support this work? How else can I show up um, to be a strong collaborator and, and friend? Um, and you all out there, you can join Jeff, our own Jeff Philosopher, in showing your support for Interfaithish and Tacoma Radio. You'll be in great company. Again, you want to call 240-696-4200 or yeah. donate online at TacomaRadio.org.
listeners, that's a wrap on this week's Interfaith-ish. Thanks to everyone again who called in and pledged this morning. Uh, We're so happy to have a home here on WOWD 94.3 FM Tacoma Radio and thrilled to have your support. Uh, Thank you, Sue, for joining me today. It was a great morning. Yes, and love to our other Interfaith astronaut, Miranda Hovmeyer. If you are just listening to uh, Interfaith-ish for the first time, uh, we thank you and we welcome you. You can find all of our previous episodes of Interfaith-ish on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Be sure to leave us a rating or a review to help others hear about the good news of our show. And we can uh, get into that algorithmic good place with your good help and testimony. As always, if there's interfaith-ish that you wish to dish, you can write us an email at interfaith-ish at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-A-I-T-H-I-S-H at gmail.com. Interfaith-ish will be back in two weeks with a very special episode celebrating the life of one of the esteemed interfaith powerhouses here in the D.C. area, the Reverend Dr. Clark Lobenstein. You don't want to miss that episode on Wednesday, November 14th from 9 to 10 a.m. Until then, keep it locked to WOWD 94.3 for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at TacomaRadio.org.